Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, America's longest war comes to an end after the U.S. completely withdraws from Afghanistan. Also tonight, Hurricane Ida leaves a path of destruction. Why the worst of the flooding may be yet to come. A deadly storm, 150-mile-an-hour winds tear the roofs off hospitals and homes, entire neighborhoods underwater, and more than a million without power. The warning tonight that power outages could last weeks. Hospitals in duress, already overwhelmed with COVID patients. The major concern for hospitals in Louisiana, one telling CBS News they only have enough fuel for a few days. Communities cut off. A major highway is blocked by four feet of water and debris. How it's hampering the search and rescue operation. America's longest war comes to an end. The final evacuations. We did not get everybody out that we wanted to get out. The COVID surge. 100,000 Americans admitted to hospitals, the most since last winter. New reporting on when younger children will be eligible for vaccines. Wildfire emergency. Thousands evacuate as the Caldor fire closes in on Lake Tahoe. And remembering one of America's favorite actors, Ed Asner. You've got spunk. Well, I hate spunk. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy night. Tonight we are following two major stories, the staggering destruction caused by Hurricane Ida along the Gulf Coast. We're going to begin with America's longest war tonight because that war is officially over. The last American military plane left from Kabul's airport at 3.29 p.m. Eastern time. 
A moment in history as that C-17 cargo plane carried the remaining U.S. troops, the top U.S. diplomat and general, out of the country. 20 years after the U.S. toppled the Taliban in the aftermath of 9-11, that group is back in full control. And in what's being called the largest airlift in U.S. history, coalition forces brought more than 123,000 civilians out of Afghanistan in recent weeks, including roughly 6,000 Americans. The military could not get everyone out, but said efforts to evacuate them will continue, even without a U.S. military or diplomatic presence. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the White House. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Nora. Tonight, President Biden has fulfilled his campaign pledge to end the nearly 20-year war, but the historic evacuation came with a bloody cost, leaving plenty of questions unanswered and big challenges ahead. Tonight, the U.S. retreat from Afghanistan is complete. And the last manned aircraft is now clearing the airspace above Afghanistan. The final American flight lifted off out of Kabul airport just after midnight local time, where it's now August 31st, the president's deadline for withdrawing after a bloody and costly 20-year war. It's a mission that brought Osama bin Laden to a just end, along with many of his al-Qaeda co-conspirators. And it was not, it was not a cheap mission. The cost was 2,461 U.S. service members and civilians killed and more than 20,000 who were injured. Social media showed the Taliban celebrating their return to power tonight with heavy gunfire. Earlier, in the frantic closing hours of the evacuation, military aircraft had to shoot off flares to divert potential rocket attacks. Roughly 6,000 Americans were pulled out in the last 16 days, but hundreds likely remain behind, as do thousands of Afghan allies who'd hoped to get out. The evacuation caps one of the largest in modern history and the end of a catastrophic period for President Biden. Thursday's suicide bombing outside the airport, killing 13 U.S. service members and hundreds of Afghans, turned the withdrawal mission into a full-blown crisis. Mr. Biden honored the fallen and grieved with their families at Dover Air Force Base on Sunday. With another attack imminent this weekend, the Pentagon targeted an ISIS-K suicide bomber with a drone strike, which witnesses charge also killed civilians, including several children. Ten persons has died in here. We lost ten persons, including of my daughter. He was at uh, two years old. U.S. officials say they've launched an investigation into the incident. We are in, not in a position uh, to dispute it right now. And Ed joins us again from the White House. So what happens to those Americans that are still in Afghanistan? Well, Noah, the president says he plans to address the nation on all of this tomorrow. But in a statement tonight, he says he's instructed Secretary of State Antony Blinken to work with global partners to ensure the safe passage of any Americans, Afghans or other foreign nationals who want to leave that country. He says the Taliban has made commitments to their safe passage and, quote, the world will hold them to their commitments. A new chapter is beginning tonight in Afghanistan. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Also tonight, for the first time in 20 years, there are no U.S. troops on the ground in Afghanistan. CBS's David Martin is at the Pentagon for us tonight. So, David, our troops are out, but what about the billions of dollars worth of military equipment that was left behind? Is it going to fall into terrorists' hands? Well, General McKenzie said they had, quote-unquote, demilitarized all of this equipment, and it's quite a long list. Up to 70 MRAPs, those are those vehicles especially developed to protect troops from roadside bombs. There were 27 Humvees and 73 aircraft. So that is surely billions of dollars worth of military equipment. 
And I just have to ask you, David, you have covered the war in Afghanistan since the 9-11 attacks, 20 years. What does this moment mean? To me, it's on all of us, all of us as American citizens. We as a country could not summon the will to outlast the Taliban. We sent more than 800,000 troops to fight in the war. The vast majority of them did everything we asked of them. They would have gone back for another 20 years if we had asked them. But the country grew tired of the war and they elected political leaders, both Democratic and Republican, who wanted to end it. History will decide whether that was right or wrong, but either way, Nora, it's on us. David Martin at the Pentagon, thank you. Let's turn now to Hurricane Ida. Extensive search and rescue operations are underway along the Gulf Coast. The storm crashed into Louisiana as a Category 4 hurricane on Sunday. It was the second most powerful hurricane to strike the state, only behind Hurricane Katrina, which remarkably hit 16 years ago to the day. Well, tonight, more than a million are without power, including all of New Orleans. And as we come on the air, two deaths are confirmed. But Louisiana's governor says it will undoubtedly increase. We have got a team of correspondents all over the region, beginning with CBS's Maria Villarreal in Houma, Louisiana. Good evening, Maria. Hundreds of homes and businesses look just like this, completely destroyed in this area. This bowling alley where I'm standing right now has been here for more than 50 years. But now look at it. The roof is gone. The back wall is gone. There is nothing left inside. And yet this place has has survived several hurricanes. The owner telling me, though, Ida was more powerful than anything she's ever seen before. And that's because she wrote out Katrina right inside here. The terrifying sounds of Ida. The powerful storm ripped this building to shreds in Lockport, Louisiana, and lifted the entire roof off this building, slamming it into a power line. I think there's somebody in there. Heavy rains caused widespread flooding. Residents in Braithwaite were told to get out after the levee was breached. In disailments, Wendy Palmer tried to ride out the storm with her husband. You know, I really believe that if that roof wouldn't have come off, my house would be okay. You know, but... um. I'll never say again. Rising floodwaters trapped motorists in their cars. This woman was pulled out just as it started filling up. It was the same story for homeowners trapped in their homes. The Louisiana State Police told some people it may be difficult to get them help quickly. The strength of Ida was so powerful, at one point it reversed the flow of the Mississippi River, freeing multiple barges and boats. This ferry was pushed upstream. Major concern is maybe hitting a levee somewhere. That would be the biggest issue right now. The president of Entergy said more than 2,000 miles of transmission lines are out of service across Louisiana. The entire city of New Orleans was left in the dark. By sunrise, Louisiana woke up to a state in shambles. The devastation stretched for miles. For many, the cleanup won't be easy. We've got trees that went through homes and disrupted our people. And it's just, a, it was real bad. It was just really bad. The Biden administration approved an emergency declaration for the state. Today, the president said more help is on the way. And FEMA's prepositioned literally millions of meals and liters of water. They're already pre-positioned as well as other resources in the immediate area. And we've deployed more than 200 generators. 
at the Homa Civic Center, which became a safe haven for evacuees. Joe Emard and his dog rode out the storm in his truck. The wind, it was ferocious. Joe's home was spared. Without running water or power in this area, it may be weeks before he can move back in. And more storms that are going to come eventually. At what point do you decide, I, I can't live here anymore? Never. Two years, a year, two years, this place is going to be back bigger and better than, than ever before. Before Hurricane Ida hit, the major concern was flooding. And just today, the Louisiana governor did confirm more than 200 rescues have been made in three parishes by National Guard troops so far. Nora? Maria Vidal, thank you. And from the city of Homa, we'll shift about an hour northeast to New Orleans. CBS's Omar Villafranca has the latest on the dire situation there. Good evening, Omar. Good evening. We're seeing pockets of intense destruction, like this collapsed building here behind me. But we're also starting to see people walking around looking for food, water, and answers on when the power will be back on. The whole thing, oh my God, the whole thing just came. See that? Ida barreled into the Big Easy Sunday, lashing the city for hours with hurricane-force winds. The storm tore off roofs and toppled awnings in the historic French Quarter. Violent wind gusts, some close to 100 miles per hour, damaged buildings downtown. One of the reasons the city is dark, violent winds toppled this giant transmission tower, sending lines into the Mississippi River. Hurricane Ida tore down this two-story jazz mural, but it also destroyed a piece of jazz history. This pile of rubble is where a young Louis Armstrong used to play. Mayor LaToya Cantrell urged residents who rode out the storm to stay home as first responders assess the damage. They're going block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood. No one will be left out. The city's levee system, rebuilt after it was destroyed by Hurricane Katrina 16 years to the day, this time held firm. But the entire metro area will be without power for at least several days. It is going to be hot here. Um, so I know that people are going to be making accommodations to go someplace where they can get air conditioned. The power outage is hitting hospitals hard, many filled with COVID patients. One hospital lost backup generators, forcing the staff to manually help patients breathe. Water also flooded the first floor of New Orleans Children's, which is also running on generator power. We have adequate fuel for a number of days to come. And, you know, the longer this stretches on, the more concerning it could become for us. Utility crews are already at work trying to rebuild a power system decimated by Ida, a job that could take weeks. But the healing is already beginning. Today in the French Quarter, a musician serenaded the empty streets, their majestic buildings still standing. And Omar joins us. So what are we learning about how long the power will be out? Uh, Nora, Entergy, which is the state's largest power provider, says it's going to take them at least four days just to do a damage assessment on those eight transmission lines in the tower that were destroyed by Ida. So people here in New Orleans could be without power all week, maybe even longer. Nora? Omar Villafranca, thank you. Well, some communities are cut off from the help that they desperately need. Roads in and around New Orleans might even be blocked for days. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is near Lake Pontchartrain. 
Nora, Lake Pontchartrain behind me sent a surge of water into low-lying areas like Irish Bayou, where we are tonight. The cars behind me were parked there by their owners who thought this was a safe place to ride out this storm. Clearly, that was not a good idea. The lingering storm surge continues to cut off critical access points throughout the state, hampering efforts by first responders to use those roads to gain access to the hardest hit communities to assess the damage and rescue those trapped by the water. In some places, it could take several days for the water to recede. Nora. Jonathan Vigliotti, that debris field is just incredible. Thank you. And tonight we're hearing gas prices could go up as much as by 15 cents a gallon. That's because about 95 percent of the Gulf's crude oil and gas production are shut down. We're talking hundreds of oil platforms serving at least nine refineries in the region. All right. As Ida moves north, flood alerts stretch from the Gulf all the way to southern New England. Let's get the forecast now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. All right. Who's in the path, Lonnie? All right. Let's get right to it. And I'll tell you right now, Louisiana, Mississippi, we're going to focus on river flooding. You can see the center of circulation is now north of Jackson, Mississippi. But this storm put down 15 inches of rain. It's got to go somewhere. It goes into your rivers. Rivers, every icon you see here, it's either at moderate or major flood level, and they're going to continue to rise. The reason being, while the storm is not a huge windmaker. It still has an onshore, onshore flow. So we're not worried about storm surge. There's no warnings, no watches for that. But what it's doing, it's creating a cork. Nor that water can't exit from the Mississippi Delta or the Louisiana Bayou. So it just backs up and backs up, flooding for a few more days in the south. The storm will push through portions of the south into the mid-Atlantic, eventually to the northeast. We're talking a big rainmaker at this point in time. The winds continue to back down. Currently, they're only blowing at 35 miles per hour. But look at the amount of rain. Portions of Pennsylvania could pick up eight inches of rain. Portions of the northeast, anywhere from New York City into southern New England, could see six inches of rain. And this area, it will be their third tropical system in about two to maybe three weeks. So it's an active time and more water is not needed there. Nor it's all yours. Coming our way. All right, Lonnie Quinn, thank you. And turning now to the COVID pandemic, tonight more than 100,000 Americans are being treated for COVID in hospitals. That is the most since last winter. Well, we'll get more now from CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. COVID-related deaths in Florida have hit a pandemic high. Nearly 5,000 people died from COVID over the last month, nearly five times the number from the month before. In the meantime, protests over mask mandates continue. This one outside the Brevard County School District. They keep talking about liberty and freedom. What about my liberty and freedom? And so you think the children should be able to wear it at school? 100%. It helps. We don't want masks on our kids. It's pointless. But the school board voted to enact a 30-day mask mandate. It comes after a judge ruled Friday against Governor Ron DeSantis' ban on school mask mandates, a decision he will likely appeal. Meanwhile, there is a possible timeline for when children ages 5 to 11 may be eligible for the Pfizer vaccine. The company could file for authorization in early October, according to former FDA Commissioner Scott Godley, who is on the board. So that'll put us on a time frame where the vaccine could be available at some point late fall, more likely early winter. While a policy is yet to be finalized, a CDC advisory panel is considering prioritizing booster shots for adults, much like the initial rollout of the vaccines with high-risk individuals and healthcare workers at the front of the line. Nora? Manny Bohorquez, thank you so much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In California, the entire city of South Lake Tahoe is under evacuation orders as the Caldor wildfire threatens 20,000 homes. There was a major traffic jam as families scrambled to safety. More than 470 homes have already been destroyed. The fire containment line is about 10 miles south of the lake. All right, today, New York Governor Kathy Hochul promised a thorough investigation into a power surge that halted service on nearly half of the city's subway lines Sunday night. Hundreds of passengers were evacuated from trains actually stuck in tunnels. Can you imagine others wandered onto the tracks while trains sat for five hours? All right, flowers were placed on Hollywood's Walk of Fame today for actor Ed Asner, who died on Sunday at the age of 91. Asner was best known for playing the gruff but also lovable Lou Grant, a character that got his own spinoff show following the Mary Tyler Moore show. Asner also served as president of the Screen Actors Guild and was highly regarded for his charity work. Tonight, Hurricane Ida continues to drench the southeast after slamming into the Louisiana Gulf Coast as a major Category 4 hurricane. The sound of chainsaws can be heard across the region as the monumental task of cleaning up gets underway. Countless trees were uprooted. Much of New Orleans could be in the dark for days, even weeks. And a major transmission line has fallen into the Mississippi River. A huge tower lies crumpled. And tonight, volunteers in Florida are packing up food and supplies to be shipped to their neighbors in need in Louisiana. Tomorrow, dream flights. Veterans getting one more chance to fly on board the aircraft that they used during World War II. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later than that night. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. See you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.